This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This episode of Lead Singer Syndrome is brought to you by Loot Crate. Head over to lootcrate.com slash leadsinger, enter promo code leadsinger, and save $3 off any new subscription today. Loot Crate, baby, Loot Crate. What is up, my sinners? Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I, your host, Shane Told, takes you into the lives of other lead singers where we talk about what it's like to be the front man or front woman, in this case, of a band. Today we have an absolutely incredible episode. I'm joined by the super talented Lynn Gunn of Paris, And this episode is super, super honest, and I really loved how forthcoming she was with questions about her sexuality, about her upbringing, and even their new record and some of the struggles they've had, because let's face it, they have a very, very big record coming out, album number two. As they say, it's the make or break record, so we get a lot into that, and it really is a great talk, so thank you so much for joining me this week. As always, I love when you guys get in touch with me. We got a Facebook page. Go on there, like the page. Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Snapchat, which is real Shane Told. And of course, old fashioned email, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up anytime if you've got suggestions for the show. Maybe there's a guest you want to see. Sure, let me know. I can try to hook it up. But as always, your feedback is encouraged and appreciated. In other news with me, I'm going on a solo tour. I've been talking about this uh, for the last few weeks. I have a solo project called River Oaks, riveroaksmusic.com, and I'm finally taking it on the road. So if you live in Philadelphia, New York City, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, or Detroit, or you know Michigan, whatever it is, Pontiac, Michigan, please come out, buy tickets, come see me play. It's only like 12 or 13 bucks. Tickets are available at riveroaksmusic.com. And a lot of people are asking me, well, Shane, what are you playing? Because River Oaks just has one EP out. Well, I'm going to be playing a lot of Silverstein stuff. I'll play a lot of Silverstein acoustic songs, and I'll play a lot of covers, and then I'll just be hanging out. So please, whether you're a fan of my music, if you're a fan of just this show, it would be awesome for you to come out, support me, support what I do, and it really would make a difference. So again, if you're in any of those five cities, please look into picking up a ticket. And again, the URL is riveroaksmusic.com. Also, if you want to support the show, Christmas is coming up. And I know a lot of you guys are going to be buying stuff on Amazon. If you're going to use Amazon and you want to throw us a bone, it's really, really simple. When you go to Amazon, don't just go to amazon.com. Go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. And what that'll do, that'll take you right to the Amazon homepage and you log in like normal and anything you buy, my show gets 4%. And that helps keep the lights on. That helps with some of the costs associated with the show. And it really is a great way to support us. And while we're on the topic of supporting the show, we're about to start up the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Now what that's going to be, it's going to be a monthly subscription and for a very low cost, You can get bonus episodes, bonus content, unedited episodes. You'll be able to submit questions that you want me to ask guests. And you'll be able to buy merchandise. Only members can buy merchandise, which is going to be pretty rad. We got a lot of stuff we're working on the designs right now. Stuff's coming out super cool. 
I'm really excited to launch this. We're hoping for next week. Hopefully next week we'll have the launch. We'll have everything ready to go. So please keep a lookout for that. Also, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show, Loot Crate. I'm really, really stoked because what they do at Loot Crate is super awesome. They're a super rad company. So excited to have them on board helping us out. I'm going to talk all about them a little later in the episode. But thanks to Loot Crate for making this episode possible. All right, let's get into this episode. Thanks again for joining me. Here it is, my conversation with Lynn Gunn of Paris. Hello. Hi, How's Lindsay. it going? So good. How are you? Good. Nice to officially, or not officially meet you, but nice to phone call meet you. Yeah, nice to phone call meet you. Well, we met before. When did we meet? We met on uh, Warp Tour in uh, 2015. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. Oh, my be- God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stupid. We were, we were totally around. I totally just made this connection. Yeah. No, it's okay. You guys are hanging out with Beartooth all the time. We definitely were. Yeah. Silvertooth. 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 Yeah. What? Yeah. Sorry. It's, I totally fucking spaced there. No, it's it's totally, totally cool. I mean, you, you have had a bit of a whirlwind last <laughs> couple years. Uh, it's been absolutely crazy. So I don't expect you to... Uh, to remember everything but no you you came up to me and you said my name is Lindsay, and i said my name is shane and uh Aww. do you go by Lindsay or do you go by lynn um either or i usually my closer friends will call me Lindsay. yeah because like but lynn gunn has got to be like the coolest stage name ever yeah it's like my evil alter ego name <laughs> i guess <laughs> no but it's like it, you kind of lucked out that you you know like a lot of times you know, like actors and stuff will like shorten their names because they have kind of a mouthful last name. Yeah, um, my my last name's like a total total mouthful, so I totally yeah had to sh- shorten it a little bit. But it worked out to be Gun. It's like so badass, you know. Yeah, I used to play uh, I used to play softball, and um, I was the catcher, and I had quite an arm, so they would call me the Gun with two G or two N's. <laughs> um, like I had it on my helmet and stuff, so it was kind of something I was like, I'll bring this back. There you go. So are you a, ba- are you a big baseball fan? I mean, you're from Boston area. It's kind of a thing. Um, Red Sox all the way. Yeah. I haven't been keeping up recently, but, um, but I, I used to do when I, when I was playing softball, especially yeah. what about yourself? Oh yeah. No, I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a Blue Jays fan. So like, we're basically like arch nemesis is, uh, Ooh, yeah. yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, that was great. We got two minutes out of <laughs> great Lynn. Interview. That's perfect. Good interview. <laughs> yeah, peace. Um, no, no, I'm a huge, I'm a huge sports fan, and I know, like, you know, I was talking to uh, your manager, Maddie. Obviously, yep. the, a huge Boston sports guy too. So, oh, he's a, a Boston everything guy. Yeah, he sure is. That's cool. No, it's kind Boston, of Boston baby. It's kind of funny, like, um, you know, Maddie. Uh, and I, I did a podcast with him as well. I don't know. I think this one will probably come out first because, I mean, he's a, a was a singer for a band Lost for Words. Yeah, yeah. You're saying you, you talked to him. Yeah. And, and we had a great conversation and we talked a lot about you guys. But what's really kind of fascinating for me is, you know, you guys are having this this kind of crazy career where you're blowing up so fast. 
and your manager is not like this big typical like manager that like used to manage some huge bands like this is just like a punk kid from Boston that used to sing in a band that has no experience as a manager yet he's the one steering your ship like that is so unique yeah and I would I would trust nobody else at the at the helm of the ship if that's the right word. yeah that's so cool how did that how did that come about um, yeah, it's actually, I, it's, I think it's really cool that you pointed that out. Cause, um, I think it's a really cool story cause we met him really kind of coincidental, not coincidentally, but just, it almost seemed like fate in a way. Yeah. Um, so we were in a band prior to Paris and we were like in the studio and, um, we were recording an EP and at the time we were still in high school and, um, we had like a session after school one day with, with our, our buddy who was recording us. And he ended up canceling on us um, that afternoon, and we we're all su- we we're all super bummed. We we're like, "What the hell?" And <laughs> this is when we like still didn't fully understand how anything worked, right? And um, so it was like the end of the world. But he like rescheduled us for the next day, and um, I am guilty of of I hadn't listened to a loss for words at the time when we'd met him, but um, <laughs> our guitarist Alex like is super pop punk and like. Like transit, all the Boston local bands like Lions, Lions, Lost for Words. Yeah. Um, and he was he was a huge Lost for Words fan, so it was it was funny. One day we were talking, and Alex was like, or I think it was actually that morning when we went into the the next session. Alex was like, "Oh, it'd be so cool if um if we had like Maddie from a Lost for Words feature on the EP or whatever." And um, I was like, "Cool, I don't know who that is, but I'm down." <laughs> and um, we ended up we ended up we had school and then went after and our friend drove us to the studio and we pulled up and there was like a van in the driveway and I was like who who's this there was like a Johnny Cupcake sticker on the van and I was like <laughs> somebody from Boston and um so we got down there and we, we got down to the studio and we um there he was just sitting on the couch like on his phone shaking away being really fidgety as he usually is yeah yeah absolutely. and um he was like oh nice to meet you i'm maddie like i'm here for a session after you guys um and he's like is it cool if i just like sit in while you guys work and we we're like yeah totally and um so we were just working i think we we're doing some vocals when we were there that time and um yeah. by the end of like our session he kind of poked his head in and was like hey like i don't mean to step on any toes right now but um basically was like I really want to help you guys out and just kind of take you under my wing and like he's like you totally don't have to but he was like I know a lot of people who are like know a lot of people and and like I've been in the scene for a while it could yeah. really help you guys out um and yeah, like it's, make it's sure really you guys cool. are are taken care of and looked after yeah, and we're like it's... totally and then months went by and he like didn't contact us or anything we're like oh he probably forgot about us and then like <laughs> one day out of the blue he just like came like rampaging was like all right this is what we're doing this is a game plan yada yada and um so we just started kind of playing around locally and um just eventually we got signed to rise and pulled on two other managers and here we are now it's, yeah it's, but it's... he legit like he he took over and and like we put all our faith in him 100% and he did not let us down at all and no. i think he's been a great influence on us and a great role model for us especially just like in how to just how to like common not just common courtesy but just like i guess the etiquette and just like how to how to be a band with longevity and like treat people the right way which is something we had obviously aimed to do in the first place but like he's has a very good head on his shoulders about no, everything absolutely. about being respectful and um, making everybody family and just, just doing things the right way, which 
I'm incredibly grateful for because I, I think that's not not something that doesn't happen enough um, in this industry. Yeah, well, having so. a good relationship with a manager is important, you know, and, and it's and I think totally, it's like him totally. being on the same level as you, you know, being a singer. Uh, of a band, not yes. just being a guy that's like used to manage like some other pop star or some like, you know, other band that was big 10 years ago and now they're trying to do it again. Uh, you know, it's because, totally. you know, having like a real, you know, and he really feels like part of the team, you know, too, which is, which yeah. is cool. But, you know, he's had a hell of a job. I mean, you guys have, it's been crazy. Like, I don't know if I can think of a band, like, you guys are still on your first record. Um, yeah. I know you. I know you're in the studio right now. And I want to talk about that a little bit later. But you know, you blew up so fast, and you still only have one record out, and you're playing these sold out like headline shows, where you basically have to play all your songs. Like that's so funny to me. <laughs> the only songs we know. <laughs> yeah, you have like twelve songs, and you have to play them all. Basically, like that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we totally have the same reaction of just kind of like, how the fuck did this happen, and what is going on? But. Yeah. We're incredibly grateful and super stoked for everything and um, are just riding with it and seeing where we're going to go with it. There must be times yeah. like, like, I mean, you're, you're only 22. Um, I shouldn't yeah. say you're only 22. You're 22. You're young. You're 22. And yeah. um, it, it must be crazy to walk out like you guys did like Lollapalooza and, you know, like stuff like that to just walk out on stage. Like, do you feel like, has it hit you like that you belong or do you still feel like, this is just crazy. It's been it's been funny because I think a lot of people expect like when you get into that position, you're or actually, no, I think people are, are pretty 50 50 on it. People either expect you to like completely crack and, and be like, what the fuck? Or or totally just like take it by the reins and, and um, like own it and run with it. And I will be straight up. I completely um, am terrified of, yeah. of all of that. And and like, but I understand that, um, like the, the positions we're put in and the opportunities we're presented are incredible. So I'm, I always try and like, just think about that instead of psyching myself out and getting too nervous and, and overwhelmed. But it, it definitely like at times I'll just be like, Oh, I don't think I can do this. Like, like, why am I up here? This is, this is like, I don't know. You, you don't feel like you're cut out for it, but, um, yeah. I think eventually once you step up there, you kind of just like something comes over you and just happens. <laughs> Do you feel like you're the same person on stage as off stage or is it, is it like there's a switch and then you're just like, you go from being Lindsay to Lynn gun. You know what I mean? Is, is there, is that really kind of happened to you? Um, a little bit of both. I think that, um, deep rooted in me is, is definitely like Lynn gun and like this wild and loud, loud chick. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of goes for it. Um, but I think, uh, like the way I carry myself and how I am around people and, and like just everybody um, and just how I kind of naturally am is just very soft spoken and quiet and kind of um, timid, I guess. But, but, but I, but like deep down I am really passionate and like um, sure. just very enthusiastic about what we're doing and, and um, really believe in it. And so it's like a, it's like a funny funny weird contradiction in, in a way but I, I think both sides are, are very genuine and true to me but I think that 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 side definitely just comes out the most when we're on stage so it's it's definitely like an amplified projection of myself yeah. I guess but it's it's still very genuine and it like it comes from the heart and I hope people can 
can see that. that. I still think there's like a weird timidness when I'm on stage, though, because like the second I have to have to talk, I'm like, oh, hello. Hi, how's it going? Um, (laughs) Well, you know, that's that's funny. Like, and that's, you know, this is the lead singer syndrome podcast. And so we talk we talk about that stuff sometimes like, you know, on stage banter is like one of those kind of funny things. Um, yeah, it, because terrifying. there's there's bands. It is terrifying, and and <laughs> you know there's bands that kind of get up there, especially like you know I know you come from Boston. Like I'm sure you've seen so many hardcore bands like play, and you come from that. Totally. And there's like this 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 like you get up there and you're like, what the fuck is up, Boston? You yeah, know? yeah, and like I there's the see you rip someone's face off, right? And there's that like tough thing, which is like a lot of times it's very contrived. And, yeah, you know, and there's bands totally. that'll get up there and basically like they'll say the same things in between songs, more or less. They'll just insert city here. And, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I'm like very much not that way. Like I, I kind of just like, you know, I just try to be myself and try totally. to like understand the, that everyone there is in the same environment as me and like play to the environment. Totally, and, totally, and, totally. and, you know, and it's it is something that's that's taken me a lot of years to figure out. But. Um, yeah, there is times though when you just you're like you're kind of you're focusing on the music and then you stop and you're like, oh, it's my I'm the singer and I have to say something. And there's yeah, times when like, you just oh, don't shit. know what to say. Uh, <laughs> totally, I feel like um, have you have you ever done this before? Sometimes if we're like far on a tour, the boys and I will play a game, and they'll be like, all right, you need to say this on stage or find a way to like drop this word. Oh, in there. I or, love like, that. No, I know. <laughs> It totally, totally spices things up a little bit. Like we were over in the UK when we were there for the first time. I think it was like two springs ago. Yeah, I'm in the UK um, right now, actually. Oh shit! Yeah, fuck yeah! Hey, tell everybody I said I'm, hey. Yeah, I'm waving. I'm waving to the walls <laughs> of the room. The, wave to the cloudy sky. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, we were. I think we were in. Uh, crap, I forget the name of the city but it's like it's not brighton but it's kind of the same, similar to brighton there's like a beach in the area okay um i forget i, I don't forget know whatever it same it's thing. probably raining whatever. there right now yeah we were there and, and like i remember we were like really stressed out that day or something and and one of our, our other managers nate was with us and he's super goofy and, and likes to prank people constantly and just do stupid shit and he was like all right you're going on stage and he was like you're saying this, this, and this. And I think I had to say, I had to say like Heronius, Bill Clinton, and then like one other thing. And like, Heronius? Heronius. And I don't even know, what, <laughs> I, I don't even know what it means. I don't, uh, Heronius, I'm not sure what that means either. I know Erroneous would mean like an error, but Heronius, no, I don't oh, know that word. It might have been Erroneous. Erroneous. Erroneous on both yeah. counts. It's like <laughs> Wedding Crashers. I know that movie like off by heart, but. Um, <laughs> Okay, Bill Clinton, yeah, and and you managed to work it in. I did. I think I I, I like panicked and I just said I think it was like right before we started playing a song. I went Bill Clinton, and everybody was like, "What the fuck?" Because I don't think anybody really over there knows who he is fully, <laughs> especially like the younger generation. You've probably heard of him. <laughs> like I've heard the names, I don't know who he is. <laughs> oh, you do a nice you do a nice accent. That's great. Thank you. I try. Um, speaking of presidents, uh, you mentioned Bill Clinton. We have, we have a new one. Well, you have a new one. I'm not American, uh, but uh, how is that? You know, clicking inside your brain right now. Ooh. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's a very divided time for a lot of people right now. 
and that is like makes complete sense and, and is completely understandable. And I think a lot of people, especially minorities, um, LGBT community, um, people of color and just, just, um, different religions. I, I like everybody in that whole spectrum, I think is extremely scared right now. Yes. Um, yeah. which is completely valid and, and understandable. And like, as, as a openly gay female, it's definitely like kind of intimidating, kind of scary, but, um, it's one of those things. And this is like kind of my outlook on any situation in life. It's one of those things where it's like, if something negative is happening or something, uh, unfortunate you're put placed in a weird circumstance or situation it's like you you can't you can't cower in a corner and be afraid you have to stand up and you have to accept this is the situation and you have to work up from there and and just like flip your mindset on it and you need to adapt to it and work with it and do whatever you can to to fix that situation right and so um so we've been doing like like uh like limited edition shirts where we've been donating to um different charities and stuff and we've been like making a list of different uh organizations you want to talk to like um trevor project there's the i think it's called the alley coalition um they take place in boston um so we're, we're just trying to think of like anything we can do as a band to help and um kind of like give people a little little positivity and like how sure. people contribute to because i think a big thing for people right now is they don't necessarily know what they can do to help um and and uh, so we're trying to like kind of step in and like just kind of give a little bit a little bit of push to people do you feel whether some, that's through donating or volunteering yeah. or anything like that um you, you know you mentioned you're openly gay and i know that you've said in past interviews and stuff that at first you kind of were you know wanted to keep that to yourself you didn't want to totally. necessarily talk about it and now you're much more open about talking about it um do you feel now with like the state of the country and you know the lbgt community um you know your presence now as like a almost as a figurehead of the scene and being you know a gay front woman of a successful band like do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on you to to do even more and say even more to an extent, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's always been kind of like a push and pull in my head because it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want this to be something that's like a defining factor of our career or like to get in the way or not even get in the way, but just like be a distraction from what we're doing. Yeah. But I have realized it's incredibly important, especially in this day and age, especially during these times, like yeah. with everything going on, um, visibility and, um, representation is incredibly important right now. So I'm just looking at it in, in that way. And I think, um, so I, I think that's kind of my take on it right now. I'm just trying to be a human at the same time and well, just yeah. like and do the right thing. Um, and that's the thing so, again, it, sorry, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. I think people will, will pull, pull whatever they want from that. And, yeah. um, hopefully that's, as positive, as positive as it can be. So, yeah, it's just, it's funny. Cause you're, you know, you're put in this position where you're like, shit, I think, you know, I have to say something and there's like young people and there's, you know, young females that are probably grappling with this that are, you know, that are like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm gay and I trying to figure this out, you know, and you know, you have to be there for them. But at the same time, like, I don't want to harp on your age, but you're 22 years old. <laughs> like when I was 22 totally. years old, I didn't have a handle on anything. Like, Totally. I didn't feel like I could be inspiring to others 
really at all because I, I didn't, I was still trying to figure myself out. Totally. Totally. So I totally understand that. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of, a lot of our fans, um, at least, at least, um, the ones kind of more my age are, are very understanding towards that. And it's like, I think it's really cool, especially like you can kind of grow together with these people and like, um, just totally relate. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely like a lot of pressure to put on some of my age, but I think, um, I'm up for it. So <laughs> yeah. as long as people just, uh, understand that I'm a growing human too, just as much as they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the thing about your, your career, um, and you know, and not wanting to be, I understand like, like let's say you're at a show mm-hmm. and there's a percentage of the crowd that cares about things going on in the country and politics and, and human rights. And then there's a percentage of people in the crowd that just are there to fucking see some music performed totally, and rock out. So th- there's always like a hard mix there to know kind of where you stand, but you know, with your, have you had backlash at all? It, it, like from, you know, being, you know, being yourself, have there, have there been people like that have come after you and, and kind of been, negative or, or, or been, you know, put, put, pushed hate on you because of, of, you know, the things that you say and do. That's a good question. Um, knock on wood. You mean as as far as just being openly gay? Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's mostly what I mean, but also just also like the other thing too is, you know, you guys have had, like you guys have a song holy that's like, you know, I don't want to say, um, let me word this properly. Like <laughs> the undertone is like, you're not exactly stoked on Christianity is <laughs> kind of the, the, yeah. the, and, and I wonder like you got a lot of young fans that are female, like there's gotta be parents that are like, okay, this woman is the devil. You know what I mean? <laughs> like in Kansas <laughs> totally. and, and in, you know, in, in the backwoods of Alabama, someone's like, totally. you can't listen to that fucking Paris record. What is this Euro <laughs> trash shit? You know? Yeah, totally. I think there's, I think there's <laughs> definitely like a a big misconception. <laughs> Mis- <laughs> that was the last part. That was funny. Yeah, um, I, I was, I was a, laughing at my own joke. I'm glad you cut the. <laughs> what is this French band? They suck. <laughs> <laughs> Satanic. Um, there's, there's definitely like a, a misconception. I think with that song from a lot of people and especially like early on when it was first released and I was getting asked about it, I was like, I was like, I don't know how to, at a, I didn't know how to like talk about anything properly or like in a, not in, I guess in a, um, understanding way or I guess eloquent way now. Um, and someone like asked me about it. I was like, Oh, it's about like a bad Christian and and like it totally got like taken out of context and and like blown out of proportion what yeah. i what i really meant was it's just about kind of religious hypocrisy and just hypocrisy in general mm-hmm. um it was about like a friend's mother who is incredibly religious and would kind of force that stuff down our throats constantly when she herself was not a great person yeah <laughs> so and it was just funny it's just kind of i think that's something that's very prevalent in um 
religion, but, but also just any other aspect in life. People are easy to dish out the flaws of other people, but they can't look at their own. Yeah. I've written so, many songs about that It's just mostly about, about that. About that. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you, you know. Has that ever happened where some, like you, I mean, you know, our, our band is like a vegetarian band. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we've, we have vegans and, and whatever. And we used to work with like, you know, PETA and, and we used to do a bunch of stuff like for animal rights. And yep. I had parents emailing me saying stuff like my daughter wants to go vegan because of you and blah, blah, blah. And like people getting mad at me <laughs> for that. Such a, such a disaster. Right. Like, oh my God, can you believe it? And, <laughs> and so I just wonder if that's happened to you where there's been people being like, you know, you're going to bring my daughter to the dark side with your, your filth, you know, like, is that, <laughs> has that, has that happened to you at all? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just curious if, if that's ever happened. Knock on wood, it has never been like a, a weird confrontational thing with a parent Fuck, or, that's good. or anything. Maybe, maybe it's been, it's been like amazing and I'm actually genuinely shocked at, at like the amount of support and just like positivity behind it. I know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, but I, I, maybe like things have popped up in emails and stuff. And we've had like a, I think a satirical or is that, did I say that properly? Satirical. It was like a satire article. I think, um, I think they know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> satirical <laughs> is correct. I'm pretty it. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was like a satire article on us. Um, somebody wrote up and they were like, we have, we've been like blasting chemtrails into the audience and like making everybody gay and to keep your kids away from me and right. like all this fucked up shit. Um, I think it was a satire article. I'm not fully sure, but either way it was right. so belligerently like, um, just insane that it was just comical. Um, but I've definitely like, I think, I think with, with this situation, I think a lot of times with, um, people coming out and, and people like figuring out their sexuality is a lot of people are still very much, um, like not unsure of it, but they're just unsure of like how to deal with it at home and, and like what to do with their, with their family. And I, so I think like our shows offer like a, a good kind of safe environment and like just our fan base in general kind of offers a, a safe place for a lot of people who are yeah. still kind of on the fence on, on where they stand about that. I don't, I think a lot of, um, a lot of fans have like found the courage to come out, but I think also think a lot of like, they're obviously doing it at, at their own leisure. And I think that's incredibly important and, um, at their own pace, but yeah, we had we had some girl come out during our meet and greet to her mom, and she like she wow. like wrote on a piece of paper, "Mom, I'm gay," and she like showed it to me kind of secretly, and I was like, "Oh, I was like, is this uh, it's like this is a big moment? Are you like, is this okay?" She, we were like about to take a picture, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine. She knows, she knows," and I was like, "Oh, okay." And her mom was like standing off to the side watching us take the picture, and then right when they snapped the photo, she like held it up, and her mom was like what really this is how you tell me and her mom was super cool and supportive about yeah. it and it was like a really really cute moment so but yeah honestly knock on wood like almost every 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 reaction has been incredibly positive and supportive and i think that's saying a lot about um people in general which is really cool absolutely um what about your family uh you talk about you know someone telling their mom what was your family um uh, structure like growing up? Did you have brothers and sisters? Like, are your parents still together? Um, yeah, I got, I, we got a nice, happy family. My mom and dad are still together. Um, I have an older brother, and um, yeah, but they've just my parents have, are 
like the greatest people in the whole world and they've, they've just been incredibly supportive of awesome. everything that my brother and I want to do. My brother is like a chef who lives out in the mountains and doesn't, doesn't, nice. didn't go to college or he did go to college, dropped out, wanted to be a chef and, and climb, climb mountains and do that. And they were like, okay, just like support yourself. And as long as you can do that and as long as you're happy, that's what matters. So we've definitely lucked out in the family department. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. That's so. great. So you and your brother were close when you were uh, younger. How much older is he than you? He's like three or four years older than me. Um, so whenever, like if I was in the fifth grade, he was in the eighth grade. When I was a freshman in high school, he yep. was a senior. Um, so we definitely fought a lot like during those years um, <laughs> just because I was a little asshole when I was a teenager. I still am. But um <laughs> So, um, yeah, so well, we, we definitely got into some, some shit then, but we're, we're totally cool now. Did he, cause I have an older sister too. I only have one older, one sibling and it's older sister. And she was like definitely instrumental in, uh, getting me into music. Um, yeah. like 100%, like if it wasn't for my older sister, uh, and I'm, she probably, she listens to this show. So hi, hi, Rena. Um, hi, Rena. Hi, Rena. Yeah. She's the best. Um, if it wasn't for her, I definitely would never listen to like, you know, some of the bands that, that got me into, you know, music that I started playing guitar and stuff. Is that uh, similar to your situation at all? Did your brother show you some, some bands? Oh yeah. 100%. Um, I, and this is funny cause like when we first would start to, to get interviewed and like asked about like our, our, uh, just background in our life I totally like feel like I just blocked this section of my life out of my head and like <laughs> never even mentioned it but um yeah my brother totally like inspired me to play music and play play guitar and got me into like he got me into all the classics when he was in um when he was like in the eighth grade and I was in the fifth grade he was like showing me ACDC, Led Zeppelin, yeah, yeah, cool. Metallica like all the classics and um and yeah, so he, he like started playing music and playing in bands and um our our middle school had like an after school jazz band and he and like some of his buddies would always um just like they'd go to jazz band and then after they'd stay like an extra hour and just like write songs together and um be like a rock band. And um that was something I was like, Oh, I wanna do that so bad and I'd always like stick around and just annoy the shit out of them and like <laughs> like let me play, let me play. And so um my parents got me like a little three quarter um, size, like acoustic Yamaha. Yeah. How old and were I, you? How old were you at this point? Fifth grade, so I was probably like, like maybe 10? ten or eleven. Maybe a little, probably like eleven or twelve. Like, okay. I want to say. Um, and I just kind of started teaching myself. Actually, no, I I think this was no, this is about the same time. Um, yeah, just kind of just started teaching myself and. I would get home from school before my brother sometimes and I would like go into his room and steal his guitar and, and play it and absolutely accidentally drop it and <laughs> find dents on it and be like, Break Who a the string. Fuck did this? <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, and then he like ended up getting a drum set at one point and he and I like started to kind of jam together. We'd like switch off between guitar and drums and kind of go back and forth. And, um, so wow. yeah, he totally wow. got me into playing, playing music and, and like playing with people in a band and performing and stuff like that. Dude, what was the, the first like band you were ever in? It was, um, it was, it wasn't like a band band. Well, I guess the first <laughs> one was like, like I said, the, the after school jazz band. Right, right. Um, it was like 
those guys and we had like a like a winter recital or something and we performed like one song but i wouldn't really say it was like a band but um our first band was um was with two two of my friends from high school and then alex um in paris now who oh, joined cool. at like like a later point what were you guys um, called and what did you sound like <laughs> we were called operation guillotine and we sounded crazy <laughs> it was it was like uh Typical like breakdown, singing break, breakdown, singing break, um, that kind of stuff. Were you and you were singing? Yeah, and I, I had no intentions of ever being a singer or or like fronting a band or anything. We had that we had like a screamer and stuff, and I was just like the quote unquote clean vocalist. Um, but you were playing guitar. Yeah. yeah, I was playing guitar and I was yeah. singing. Yeah, it's funny. You know, that's such a common theme on the show. Um, like I would say most people, um, that are on the show when I ask them about that, they're all like, yeah, started playing guitar, you know, couldn't find a singer. So I just did it. Yeah. And, and cause totally. I was like, for, and it was the same for me. Like I was the only one in the room that could like remotely carry a tune. So, <laughs> you know, so I be, by default became the singer and now I'm in a band where I'm just a singer. Um, yeah, you know, and I say you do a pretty damn good job. Oh, well, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's a funny thing how, how, how often that happens. Yeah. I think that happened with like Fall Out Boy too. Oh, with Patrick? I think I remember, yeah, I think yeah. I remember like hearing an interview. I could definitely, see, I could that. definitely see that. Yeah. It must be how, how we're made. It, it, the secret to success is not wanting to be a singer. Secret, yeah. The secret, the secret yeah. to being a successful <laughs> singer is not wanting to be a singer. There, that's yeah. <laughs> or to or to do anything. Don't actually want to be it, and you will do it. Uh, <laughs> just um, that's really funny. We're gonna take a quick break from my conversation with Lynn, but we'll be right back. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone. And literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B U Y R A Y C O N dot com slash LSS for fifteen percent off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buy Raycon.com slash LSS. If you're in tech, you've been there before. Feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, 
Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and MapMyFitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. I just got to tell you about this awesome company called Loot Crate. Now, I just received my first Loot Crate in the mail, and it's so rad. I've always been into, you know, blind box action figures, you know, like the kid robot style. And of course, you know, I'm a nerdy guy. I like retro video games and Star Wars, and I've been talking about how I started playing Pokemon Go a lot. So if you're on a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles this holiday season, you got to check out Loot Crate. Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month. Whether you're shopping for the geek in your life or you are that geek, Loot Crate is the best surprise that you know is coming. Every month there's a different theme and new exclusive items that you can only get with Loot Crate. So treat yourself every month or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or loved one. They're always watching. They've designed a system to keep you down. They're meddlesome. Hello, friends. It's time for a revolution. Fight the power and pave the way for a brighter tomorrow with December's Rebellious Crate, featuring exclusive items from Assassin's Creed, Mr. Robot, Firefly, and more, including an exclusive Funko Pop figure, our monthly t-shirt, and pin. Now, here's how it works. You have until the 19th of December at 9 p.m. Pacific time to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. You cannot get it. So make sure to head over to lootcrate.com slash leadsinger and enter code leadsinger to save $3 off any new subscription today. Again, that is lootcrate.com slash leadsinger. Seriously, you get so much stuff for such a low price every month delivered to your door. It is awesome. Check it out. So, okay, back to back to kind of growing up, um, you know, I guess at this time you're, you're playing music and you're joining bands, but also like you must have, you know, been starting to understand your sexuality and everything. Uh, how, was that difficult in school and stuff like, you know, like socially? Um, I, act- I didn't come out till after after I got out. of No, high I know school, you didn't come just... out, but I mean, you must have known. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely. Yeah, I was definitely at that point. Um I don't think I'd fully realize it. I was like, something's definitely off. Like, I totally don't want to make out with cute boys and stuff. Like, they're cute, but I totally, <laughs> I was like, something's a little off here. And um, and then I, I, I started taking like studio art classes and um, doing like a lot of a lot of visual art classes, basically, um, my junior and senior year. And that's when I kind of started to. I like made friends with a lot of the art kids and, and my whole high school is like super diverse, just like 
so many different cultures, so many different, um, just like people like just doing different stuff. Yeah. And, um, I kind of tart like gravitated towards like the art programs and, um, a lot of the kids in the art program were like either gay or bisexual or, um, I think there's even a couple, there's maybe one transgender, I forget. Um, but it was incredibly welcoming and like warming and, um, everybody was just so accepting towards each other. And and I was like, wow, this is like, this is like an option. This is totally, and it's totally cool. Like, like, these people are fine. They're so happy. There's a family here. There's a foundation here. And I thought that was really cool. And that definitely like kind of opened my eyes to it and made me realize like, it's totally okay. And, and there's, it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. And it's completely just how you're wired and like, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there's like so many people out there who, who will love and support you. And so that was like just a big realization for me in high school as uh, was just like being friends with the art kids and kind of, um, seeing that and seeing like, like a family like that. And so it made me open my eyes to it and, and definitely, definitely made me realize that that's like an option and it's totally okay or not an option, but like that's for me. It was <laughs> I, like, I Oh totally, my God. Yeah. Okay. I totally, I totally didn't even think of this. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I, I know. Um, yeah. And then, so, I mean, you say like, obviously, so you knew when you're in high school that you were different. Um, and then how did it, like, when you, when you told your family, was that like the first people you told or did you, did some other people know? Um, I told my brother first. So, or I told, I told a couple of close friends first because I had actually started seeing this girl and um, really, really liked her. And so they were kind of like the first people to know my friends in that circle. And then um, a couple months into dating this girl, I like told my brother and he was like totally cool about it. Yeah. Um, and he was like, you should probably tell mom and dad soon, though, just so you know. <laughs> right. I was like, I know. And um, this is actually really funny. I So I my first ever tour I went on was with Maddie's band was with the Lost Words and I was filling in on guitar for them. And we were about to leave for like, I think it was like a short East coast run. It was like two weeks. It was with, um, hit the lights and state champs. And oh, cool. like right before we left, I, I had written up a letter for my mom. I like, I think I typed it up and stuff and, and folded it up, left it under her pillow. And right as I was saying goodbye to leave for like the first time ever, um, I was like, Hey mom, I left you a present under oh, your pillow. She was like, Oh my God, thank you. Like thought it was going to be something, something, uh, like a present or something. <laughs> and I just kind of like dumped this entire thing on her. And, um, she, for a couple of days, she like didn't want to talk to me and wish it was like kind of negative and, and really weird. And my brother was like, eh, maybe don't talk to her right now. Um, but I got home and it ended up being totally, totally cool. And it took a, took maybe like a year or so for, for both my parents to be like completely cool about it. But, um, they're, yeah, they're totally supportive of it now and have been, yeah. been great about it. And, um, I think, I think like the negativity came from, they were more so concerned about how kind of my other family would handle it and like how my grandmother and right um, the old, old, old school people. Totally, totally. Yeah. My my dad's yeah. side of the family is kind of a little bit more conservative and stuff like that. So they're more so concerned about that and how that was going to be, which turned out to be totally fine. So, well, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's good. And um, I had a friend, you know, who came out as gay, and he had a really really hard time with his dad, and still does. Totally. You know, and, and it, it can be 
really hard and, and that sucks, you know, that, that, yeah. and, and all, you know, and, and going back to, to Trump, you know, and, and everything, it's like, I felt like we were making progress, you know, in this way and that things were getting better. And now it seems like, you know, they like not so much with generally like speaking with like laws and stuff. I, cause I don't think that those laws are going to change back or anything, um, you know, in terms of gay marriage and, 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 you know, hopefully not, yeah. um, you know, women's rights and stuff, but yeah. the, the whole culture surrounding it, uh, is, totally. is what I'm scared of, of people, you know, hate being prevalent again and hate being okay. You know, like Facebook totally. is bad and Facebook comments are bad enough. People still feel like they can oh, post yeah. things, things on there. But if now that there's the leader of the free world, basically spewing this hate, you know, I worry about that side. And, and I just thought we were going to, you know, the baby boomers are going to die and we're in control, you know, our, um, you know, totally. younger generation, but I'm still scared of that, you know? Totally. And that's completely, completely understandable. And like, I'm with you on that. But yeah. I, I also do think um, this election definitely showed like, because I guess the the popular vote was Hillary had won by like 2 million or something yeah. by now. Yeah. I think they're still they're still counting it. And yeah. um, I think that says a lot. And I think that um, although it's very like prevalent and clear of like who is totally on the wrong side of history and who totally is still living yeah. in like the 19 fucking fifties. Um, I think it's, it's very clear like who isn't and who, who is totally standing on the right side of things and who has, who has a good outlook on, on things. And, um, and I think that's, that's like something to hope for and something to look forward to. Cause it, there's like some, there's a chart somewhere that was just, um, was the, it was the election based on like, I forget a certain, I think it was a certain age group or just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. The age group, the age brackets are hilarious to see who voted, who voted which way I know. Yeah. And they, they showed like, I think it was millennials and and like the younger generation, like if, if only we had voted, it was completely blue across the board. And I think that's something that's like really beautiful and really hopeful. And I think, um, again, it's one of those things, as long as you just kind of, like I said, adapt to it and like, just do all you can on your own and like as your own, as an individual and in in your own, um, I guess immediate community and family. Like if, as if you're taking care of that and, and, uh, nurturing that, I think that can only extend outwards. And, and, um, I think we'll, we'll be all right in the future. (laughs) I think the next few years might be kind of rocky. We got to stay positive. And, and I think we do as, as young people, um, we need to bond together and, and, you know, and that's, that's where, that's where you come in, Lynn. Definitely. And, and another thing about, (laughs) (laughs) no, maybe not. Um, and another thing about this, this whole topic, especially just in this day and age, everyone's like a social justice warrior and everybody's incredibly, uh, politically correct and everything in that realm, which I think is, is great. I think it's great that everybody's kind of like, conscious of this stuff going on and is very aware and like wants to contribute positivity and um like bring forth like a lot of the issues that are that like have been happening and are happening and are existing um but I think and this is something I think a lot of people need to work on and this is like something myself need to work on is just like instead of crucifying people and like jumping down people's throats immediately when something happens or like somebody says something or um something happens i think it's really important that like people remember to 
communicate and like have a conversation and not just immediately attack someone and like dismiss them. Cause I think I have a couple of friends who go to like liberal arts school and, and as open-minded and like aware of everything as they are, they're incredibly, I think, um, impatient and like intolerant towards, towards, um, like ignorance and which is like, which is not a bad thing. It's it's good that they're incredibly open-minded and like don't want anything to do with negativity and like just backwards thinking, I guess. But I, I think there needs to be patience. There needs to be like, there needs to, there needs to, to be some education be for, for people too, that, you know, cause totally, the, the, totally. the fact of the matter is that some people, they don't know, like, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, going back to, uh, you know, gay, like there's, there's people that don't know what terms are, they're allowed to use now. You know what totally. I mean? Because like, like, can I, can I say the, the term homosexual? I don't know if I can say that anymore. Like, you know, these things are constantly evolving. So if all of a sudden, like somebody says a word that they, you know, you don't start screaming at them. Like, it's better to, to be like, hey, you know, like someone said to me the other day, someone used the term, the word oriental and, to describe an Asian person. And I was like, yeah, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> you know, like, like, and, and the person legitimately did not know that, you know totally. what I mean? So, and, so and that's it, the thing. I think a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of stuff just stems from people. Obviously there's like a big lump of people in the world who just genuinely are awful people. And I don't know if they can really be fixed or rewired. Oh yeah. No, heads. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, but you I can't save everybody. A, yeah, yeah, totally. And there maybe in another life they'll figure it out. But, um, I think that. A, a lot of a lot of this stuff just stems from people just not being educated and not knowing any better and also just not being like explained it properly because I think mm-hmm. like if someone says something wrong the immediate reaction especially like online and stuff is people just are like you're a bigot you're stupid like yeah. how can you not know it's like so people simply just do not know any better and like like instead of attacking these people you need to like not even sit them down but just be like hey what you said Maybe you could fix it by saying this instead, and here's why, A, B, C, and D. And it's like not only will these people like understand that much more than and then like having having just like hate – not hate, but just negativity like spewed at them. Like that's going to make this person who didn't know any better like they're going to want to stand with you this time. Yeah, they'll and they're going to be like, oh, okay. They'll definitely okay. respect you, respect the person Totally, more totally. Cause I, and like I that. think – totally. I think um, it's like as much as this person may have – like unknowingly or knowingly like disrespected you by saying this or that. Um, it's like, you're also, I don't know. You also need to respect them when you're, you're trying to correct them on it or you're trying to converse with them about it and like explain it to them. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's something that's going to be really important for, especially like people my age and even, yeah, I think in this day and age, especially, I think that's something like a lot of us need to work on. I need to work on it sometimes. I've been guilty of like I do too. attacking Absolutely. someone for saying something. Absolutely. Something, uh, like, like totally. We're um we're on we're out sharing a bus. We're on, on tour in the, in Europe, and we're sharing a bus with the Devil Wears Prada. And uh, those guys are like so so progressive and so opinionated. And like we're having these screaming matches on the bus where we all agree. But we're screaming at each other about like how fucked up the world is when we're, you know, it's just like, it's a crazy time right now where everyone is, everyone is super, super high strung and very, very like, I think it comes from fear, but, but it does come off aggressiveness, aggressively. And I think that that's, uh, I think you're absolutely right. 
Definitely. So, uh, can we talk about music? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, like, you're in the studio right now, right? Yeah. Well, take off. Um, we were literally like nonstop, like immediately jumped off um, Japan and festivals and went straight to the studio. So we have like a week week off and then head back. And you guys, so you guys have written, have you guys written a record? I would say it's, it's pretty, pretty written, which is kind of like, fi- like finalizing vocals and uh, programming and putting the finishing touches on and making sure like we don't hate it when we come back to it because we, we haven't like stepped away from it. Yeah. Um, since we started it. Um, but I would say it's about like maybe 70, 75%. Are you, are you stoked on it? Um, I'm so stoked on it. Like incredibly stoked on it. And can you, can you tell the people like what to expect? Like, like, is there a big change in sound? Is it kind of a natural progression? Um, um yeah, I think, I think it's a little bit of everything. It's like, I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, you know how it is. Um, you don't want to make the same record again. You don't want to make the same record twice or three times or four times. Um, I don't know if it's a good record. Just make it over and over again. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I, sometimes I'm like, you know, if I love a band and I love a record, I mean, I kind of just want the sequel to be honest with you. It happens to me a okay. lot. Touche. Touche. I think, yeah, I think, um, I think it's a, a good natural progression. I think, Everybody we've kind of shown it to so far has been like, I wasn't expecting it to take this turn, but I really like that it took this turn. It's kind of like a, oh, like yeah. I, I get it. That, like it makes sense that it went this way, but like they maybe just weren't expecting it like sonically or uh, production wise. I think there's definitely a lot of, a lot of new sounds that will be incorporated and kind of like signature ones that'll kind of interweave through, through the record. And um, we even tracked like harp and. Oh, really? Um, some fun yeah we've been doing some some fun stuff um but it's it's still gonna be dark it's still gonna be like raw and real and emotional and and like everything we we want to be able to deliver and yeah. look for in music and, and ourselves as well just as listeners um so i think i think it i think i hope people will enjoy it are, are you um, feeling are you feeling pressure you know, this being your second record, like the second record is the make or break record for, you know, every band, everyone knows the sophomore slump is a thing, totally. you know, um, did you feel, or do you feel that pressure? Um, is that, is that a real thing? Because obviously when you make your first record, you don't know, like, you don't really know if you're going to be big. You don't really know if anyone's going to hear it, but now, yeah, now, first, you know, everyone's yeah. listening. Yeah. The first record, you're kind of like, well, we're just going to throw these ingredients into this stew. And, and if they like it, they do. If they don't, they don't. Um, and you guys made a really good record, stew. That was a great stew. Thank you. It was delicious. <laughs> would eat again. <laughs> I was say it's probably like minestrone a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now you're, you're on to the main course though. This is the second record yeah. main course. So you're preparing it and you don't want to overcook it. You know, this is the analogy is terrible, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, like, like how's that been for you? Like, is, is it been stressful? Uh, totally. 100%. I will not lie at all. Um, when we first got, when we first got to the studio, like right off tour, um, I definitely had a few weeks where I was like, severely depressed and didn't even want to get get out of bed or, or do anything and like did not even have like the desire to write anything and, and like I was like I've never felt this I've never felt so like 
un, uninspired and just like, I guess, like I'd never like lost that spark to write before. And like to feel that was absolutely heartbreaking. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Well, yeah. What, what, and, what, is um, it? what, what was that stemming from? I have no idea. Oh my God. Um, but it was, but yeah, it was like the first couple of weeks we were in the studio. It was just like that. It was like, and it was so frustrating because it was like, I was literally writing all year and, and making demos on logic and, and prepping for this time. And I was like, we were just hustling, hustling, hustling through, through these tours and, and like right. being able to record was, was the, the treat for, for, for me, especially, um, just us in general. Um, just cause I, I really enjoy the process and it's so cliche to say, but, um, I really genuinely just love writing music and, and making records. And, um, so this was like, this this big huge moment I was waiting for I was like I'm gonna let loose like it's gonna be so good like and as soon as we got there my brain and everything just kind of like shut down I was like no 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 and I don't know I don't know how it happened or why it happened but um eventually got pulled out of it slowly um like little moments would would be there where, where it would just like an idea would come and we'd run with it um, but it was definitely totally a struggle. I think it was definitely like a lot of stress, maybe subconsciously seeping in yeah. that I wasn't aware of. Um, but yeah, I, I worked through it and it, it's, uh, we got, got what we needed from it. Great. Well, yeah, it can be daunting too, to be like, okay, we've, you know, especially when it's been go, 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 like all these shows, all these tours, you know, going overseas, flying jet lag. And then all of a sudden totally. it's like, okay, Lynn, write a record. We're we're going like, to the studio wait, in two uh, weeks. I don't. Yeah, you're like ah, uh, but I don't even know how to be a person. Never mind. Like, uh, like talk about experiences as being one. Um, yeah, I think I I think it's and it's funny the the biggest struggle like after after I kind of got over that little weird period. Um, our biggest struggle has been narrowing songs down and like picking which ones we want to to really focus on mm, and work on kind the of record. A good and problem. It's a very, very good problem, and I'm totally not complaining about it whatsoever. Um, but I think that's like where the, the pressure's kind of coming in now. Is like, all right, where's where does this song fit in? Where's this gonna go? Like, yeah. how is this gonna roll out? Um, still trying, like, kind of figuring out, I guess, the theme and the the overall, like, the visual side of things too, especially. Um, so it's definitely that's I think where the stress is coming in now. Um, like the songs have, are are fully there and definitely. Cool. Or, uh, and, yeah. And vocally, um, obviously, like when you made the first record, you were you were younger and you hadn't yeah, I was toured like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, and you hadn't toured like everywhere. Where like you know, this isn't really something that gets talked about either. But like singing on the road and singing like in the studio are like different. You know, like totally, you're singing totally. six nights a week, and you know your voice isn't always like feeling great, and you kind of like sometimes have to push it a little harder or whatever than you would in the studio or, or vice versa mm-hmm. even. Um, so have you noticed like any change in your vocal style or singing or, or like, oh, yeah. how do you, how 100%. do you feel like about that? And how's that coming out? Um, a little bit of both. It's, I think, yeah, you're definitely, um, definitely 100% right about like singing on, like on tour and performing is completely different from being in the studio. Cause when you're in the studio, you're just kind of thinking about the song as a whole and like how to make that song the best you can. And sometimes you like, or at least for, for me on the first record, we like kind of overshot some stuff and like 
after touring on it for like two years, you're like, fuck, I can't, I can't keep up with this anymore. Like, um, and, and obviously like being so young and, or just in general, like as, as a fucking human being who's, who's just changing and evolving, um, you're going to like adapt different styles and different techniques and, and different, like different ways to go about, um, singing and performing and, and I, I think from like day one to to now like my style's completely changed as a vocalist um right and like and it's almost to the point where it's like it doesn't sound like i've i went back and listened to to white noise for the first time in like a really long time i was like i sound like a little baby and it's it's like i'm almost kind of mad that that's like forever set in stone now <laughs> um, everyone hates their first record like my i hate my like my screams <laughs> on the first silver scene record are f- atrocious like i don't even know what oh. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, get, I'll say this. It doesn't sound like anything else, but it doesn't sound yeah. good. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's great. <laughs> well, thank um, you. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, it's funny. You know, like I mean, like Adam from Taking Back Sunday always talks about how he hates his vocals on the first records. Like, sounds like nails on chalkboard to him. You know, so it, it's. I think that's just something that has to happen. Definitely, I think every every singer probably goes through it one hundred percent. But yeah, it's been, I think that's been like kind of intimidating, not intimidating, but like definitely turned into like a really big stress, um, especially when we, when we like did like Jimmy Kimmel and like a lot more, I guess, taped and, uh, recorded performances. Cause like, you know how it is if you're getting, if you're getting recorded and like put onto a TV or like a live stream or whatever, yeah. it's like, it's not going to sound like it is going to sound live. It's not going to sound like it is on the record. No. Like it's going to sound weird and it's going to sound fucked up and, um, it's so frustrating. Uh, it's true. No one like, sounds good on TV. Knowing that people, yeah, and that's unless you're like fucking Bieber or something. But yeah, like, but who knows then it's that fake. You should probably. It's fake. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so it, it's like that was a huge stress for me, like towards the end, especially. And um, I feel like when when we first started out as a band, like and first started touring, I definitely was stupid and like went on YouTube and like looked at people's comments and saw what they're saying on like our live videos and just was completely like destroyed my confidence as a singer. And like, and that is that even carried over into now and like, um, like throughout our entire, entire career so far, like I've always just kind of like try really hard and, and work really hard at it, but just like still have that at the back of your mind of like, all right, people are waiting for you to fuck up. And, um, it's like totally not healthy and not cool, but, um, yeah. So it's definitely been like a, a weird kind of over overhanging cloud on, on this next record of like, all right, just be a little more weary of your voice and like how mm-hmm. you're going to be performing these songs live and how that's going to translate. And, um, but also not wanting to compromise the songs and the yeah. recordings. Oh at the no, same that's time. that's like the thing when when we when I make a record, I like like I don't know like you have a vocal range, we all have a vocal range. Like I cut myself off at like about a about a B, you know, it's like where I cut myself off. Mm-hmm. And um, but there's definitely like notes that I'm gonna hit in the studio, and I'm like, this is gonna be so hard to do sing this song live. Yeah. And I and I never yeah. I never change it anyways. I always just do it anyways and I'm like, I'll figure it out later. <laughs> and then like, yeah, and then six months later when we're on tour and, and the band like, let's play this song and I'm like, Oh no, like this song is so hard to sing. You know, <laughs> so it's it's a real thing. Totally. Totally. Um 
Yeah, I, I actually, so I, I started taking like, what the hell's going on? Oh, someone's trying to call me. I'm going to hang up on this person. Hang on. Go away, Nate. Go um, away. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, tar- I started taking uh, lessons from this, this lady like halfway through our record cycle. I her, her name's Wendy Parr and she's worked with like a Sarah Morales and like, does, that doesn't matter. Anyway, um, and she was telling me the other day, I was like in one of our lessons and she was like, oh, she's like, really uh, think about what keys the songs are in. Um, when you guys are recording, I was like, well, that's a little late because we kind of like recorded <laughs> half of them already and like can't really change them. But um, she told me, I guess when you sing live because of adrenaline and because of like nerves and excitement, um, your voice goes up like three, three cents or, or, or I forget the proper terminology, really? but it goes up, it goes up very, very slightly. Um, and so like lower stuff makes, is like even harder to sing. And, and yeah. so like, and higher stuff is, is I guess a little bit easier to sing cause you're just amped up. Um, which makes sense. Cause I feel like when you're in the studio, you're, you're super relaxed and you're not really thinking about that. And then as soon as you get on stage, it's like, okay, yeah, your body's going to act against it. Kind of. Well, sometimes for me, like I find it's harder to get up to the notes live because like you're running around and you've just yeah. sang like you've just sang like, all these songs in a row and you're sweaty and you're tired and you know and you've and you've sang like every night that week and you're yeah. just like and done. you've been doing cardio basically yeah. for like an hour exactly <laughs> while trying to sing like as as well as you can yeah yeah so that totally. that's that's definitely true but I, I kind of know what she means about the sometimes it, it is it is like weird you can sing higher like out of nowhere yeah like, where yeah. the fuck did that come from yeah that's <laughs> cool so you yeah so you started taking lessons uh just to improve or because you were having problems or a little of both a little bit of both i i think um i just wanted to like make sure I'm, I'm like conserving my voice and and taking care of it and like not doing something that's eventually gonna fuck it up in the, yeah. in the long run um but yeah so just kind of to, to take care of it and like just tighten things up and and like make it easier um Wendy who I've been working with is super like makes is is all about just making it as easy as possible and like effortless and it's still like really hard to wrap my head around some of this stuff, but it's definitely like proving to, to definitely help at least in terms of like preserving your voice and, and like taking care of it and yeah. not, not destroying it within like a year. So knock on wood. No, oh, that's, that's awesome. And, and uh, back to the record, when can people expect it to be coming out? I can't say any exact date, but it's definitely going to be 2017. 2017 okay yeah that's that's yeah, very soon. but that yeah. that could be so it could literally be in could literally be a year a, from now it could be but... three weeks it could be a, <laughs> three weeks from now or it could be a year and three and three weeks from now yeah who knows <laughs> who fucking ever know. knows yeah well thanks thanks for the <laughs> bullshit answer lynn <laughs> <laughs> well I, i'll give you a, i'll give you a little loose time frame like we're supposed to be finished up recording um by like January or so, and then the next few months after that will be all about like filming videos and, and figuring, uh, out. figuring out the rollout and stuff. So we have we will not stop working, but it's just a matter of when we will share that with other people. As you know, that 
how that always goes. I do. I do. There's like these days with the music industry, there's like so many different ways you can do that shit. Like, and there's no, like it used to be like there was one way to do everything. And now there's like a million ways and who even knows what the right way is anymore. Yeah. Which makes, which is definitely like an even another added on stress of like, okay, people are now making fucking short films and like making, (laughs) doing crazy shit um, with the rollouts of the records and and just like to, to bring it to a next level. So it's like, okay, how are we going to do that? And how do we like not get lumped into everybody else? And how, how are we going to do that? Um, I mean, you guys have so much hype. It's been so great having you on the show and, 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 Thank you for taking the time. And I think, you know, like 2015 was the year of Paris and then 2016 was the year of Paris. And I think 2017 also going to be the year of Paris and many years to come. So it's it's just really, really great to see you guys continuing to have have so much success. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anything else you want to tell the people or 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 uh, anything we missed? Um, No, just thank you so much for having me and, and chatting and. And, uh, yeah, and, and I guess to everybody else, be patient. It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. I promise. Don't, don't freak out. It's coming. It's recorded. Things have been recorded. Yes. So. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you so much, Lindsay. Yeah, hopefully we'll cross paths soon. What'd you say? I hopefully we'll cross paths soon. Again. I know. I know. I hope so. It's been, it's been a while. So, um, yeah, or, like, take us on tour or something. We know, if you want, we'll come. We'll come hang. Ooh. I'm putting it out there. Publicly. My doctor, my doctor evil pose is going on right now. Ooh, yes. Mm. We, <laughs> yes, we would like one million dollars. That would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's our guarantee. So hope you can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Lindsay. All right, thank you, Shane. Yeah, you have a great day. You too. Okay. Bye now. Bye. So there it is. My conversation with Lindsay or Lynn, regardless, an incredible front woman. And she is just so cool. It's so, so nice to have her on the show. Thank you to her manager, Maddie, for making it happen. And make sure you keep your ear to the ground because I'm sure there's going to be a new Paris song single probably out pretty damn soon. Next week, we'll be back with an all-new episode of Lead Singer Syndrome just like every week. The show comes out on Monday, so make sure you're subscribed. And if you like the show... Tell a friend, please. Let's keep spreading the word on this. That's really how these things grow, through word of mouth. As always, I'll leave you with a tune. Here's the song we talk about a little bit in the podcast. This is the song Holy by Paris on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week. You will
One last thing while I still have you. If you're from Toronto or if you like Toronto and want to visit Toronto, I suggest you come to our Stay Warm Festival December 17th and 18th in Toronto at the Danforth Music Hall. My band Silverstein has curated the lineup. We have such amazing bands as American Nightmare, Citizen, Code Orange, Protest the Hero, Flatliners, Wilhelm Scream, River Oaks, and many, many more. Check out staywarm.soundrink.com. We got general admission and VIP tickets available. Trust me, this is not a show you want to miss. So many great bands. Thanks again, Toronto. Once again, that's December 17th and 18th at the Danforth Music Hall. And the ticket link is staywarm.soundrink.com. We'll see you there.